Yes, you can absolutely leverage ChatGPT to get you those answers. Everything that's in here, everything that I'm describing, you can always start foundationally with saying, hey, here's what I'm looking to do. Here's what I'm looking to achieve. Can you ask me any questions that you need to ask me uh, in order to get me to this outcome, uh, including steps, et cetera? Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Growth Hackers. I am Zach Hammer, and with me, I have Charlie Madison, my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the incredibly well-groomed with his recent haircut. <laughs> hey, How are you doing people, today, Charlie? I do feel, uh, I do feel so fresh and so clean. Yeah, it's there we go. Nice to be here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about what I call some power chat GPT principles. So what am I talking about? Well, uh, you know, large language models have been out for a while. One of the most powerful ones that people, uh, maybe not the most powerful, one of the most leveraged is ChatGPT. That's the one that people are most familiar with. And I've been using this tool for a long time now. I've been using it pretty much since it came out. I've been using large language models since before ChatGPT came out. Uh, and, and I've sort of learned some of the key things that allow me to consistently get the results that I want, uh, whether it's high quality outputs, whether it's consistent outputs. Really and simply, the way that I define it is these are some of the core principles I've used or discovered that allow me to make the result happen that I want to have happen, right? They have me end up with, I am happy with what the AI is giving me back and for a number of reasons. So uh, uh, that, that's that's what we're talking about, a little bit about why it's important, hopefully save you some time, effort, get you to a successful result with AI quicker. That's the, uh, that's the key idea. Any thoughts, any feedback as we go into the actual principles themselves? You know, once again, ever I have a question about prompts and how to use this, I go to you because you've got your, your like magic prompt book. Right. Feel like it's held more secretly than Epstein's black book. I haven't gotten <laughs> my hands on it yet and probably more powerful. So there you uh, go. There you I go. am excited <laughs> to see the inner workings of your chat GPT black book. <laughs> that sounds good. Sounds good. Well, cool. So let's, yeah, let's dive into it. So uh, like first and foremost, before I actually get into the principles, just though, like, uh, this is part of the power of, of chat GBT and large language models in general. A lot of this stuff is fairly simple. Like you're going to hear it and it's not going to be like, oh, this is what I've been missing this whole time. And now, now like it feels like a big, amazing discovery. Like these things are, they, they tend to be pretty simple, but it's more about leveraging language consistently, understanding the technicalities for how these tools work. And when you do that, you're able to more naturally get where you want to. And, um, you know, what's the phrase like, uh, little hinges swing, big doors is it like, that's the phrase, right? That's a thing. Um, right. so it's, uh, these are small, uh, small principles that are very powerful in their results. So, uh, don't, don't expect to be looking for something that you're like, Oh, this is something I never could have figured out. You, you probably would. I mean, honestly, over time, if you use these tools enough, you probably would. Or maybe after enough experimentation, you sort of come to these. My goal is just to make that process shorter and simpler for everybody as we go through. So uh, yeah, let's dive into it. So the first one is one that we've actually already done an episode on, so I won't fully cover it. Uh, but the, the key principle is the Mega Prompt framework. And so the Mega Prompt framework is my collection of ideas on prompt engineering. 
and making sure of how to structure a prompt itself. Now, honestly, I've been recently rewatching Parks and Recreation with my with my wife. Have you watched that show, Charlie? I've seen parts of it. I have not gotten into it the way that I did The Office. <laughs> I, so if, if in terms of a show, I highly recommend if you have it, like the first season, I feel like takes a bit of effort to, to get past. It doesn't hit as well as later seasons, but once you pass the first season, I feel like that's where it really like hits its stride. Uh, yeah. Ron, Ron is a character is uh, probably one of my favorite characters in, uh, in TV history. So yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. I think, I think you'd like it. You and I actually probably have a mutual connection that might remind you of Ron. <laughs> if, uh, you, Wonderful. You might even, you might even know who I'm talking about once you make the connection. Anyway, uh, the, the reason why I bring it up, though, it is relevant to the mega, mega prompt. In the show, in a later season, season three or four, there's a uh, uh, there's a character. I think his name is Chris Traeger. It's uh, uh, Rob Lowe is who plays the character. He's uh, uh, like a, an auditor from the, the state of Indiana coming in to, uh, to help make sure and get the city of Pawnee back on track. Anyway, but... He's a very quirky person, and one of the things that he does is when he's asking for something, he asks for it in a very specific way. So, he, like, he's asking his assistant for a glass of water, and he says it like this. He says, I want a glass of water. I want it cold. I want it without ice. I want it in a in a mug or glass without any handles, and I want it quickly. <laughs> and so, he like, he asks for things like this, and I'm like, man, that is almost a perfect example of, like, like how you leverage these things with AI well is, is just by being very clear, very detailed, very explicit on what you want and uh, and how. And that, that's really what the Mega Prompt framework is designed to do, is it teaches you how to be explicit in the ways that matter using some of these you know prompt engineering principles. So uh, for anybody who hasn't seen that episode, the basic idea, I mean, I check out the episode for the full context, but the things that you're going to do in that Mega Prompt framework, you're going to ask ChatGPT to simulate a persona. So I'm going to act as if I'm this person, like a face, like an uh, expert Facebook copywriter, a master real estate agent. I'm going to act like a professional therapist, right? Whatever you need from ChatGPT at the time, you ask it to act like that. You're going to tell it the you know, the task that you like it to do, the thing that you want to have happen. Uh, you want to tell it the goal, what a successful outcome looks like as a result of that uh, of that task. You're going to tell it steps to achieve that task. And the reason why you do that is when you get a uh, chat GBT thinking step by step, you tend to get better results. So you lay out the steps. First, I want you to analyze this document. Then I want you to give me a summary. Then I want you to take that summary and turn it into the actual thing that I want from you, right? Uh, those kinds of steps can actually give you a, a much better result. And then finally, what you're going to leave, what you're going to give ChatGPT is context and constraints. Uh, so that's going to be things like, uh, you know, if you have character limits, if you need to give it a little bit of extra detail around why you're doing this or what you need from it. It could also be things like tone, style, output, format, those kinds of things. There's a lot of things that fit into context and constraints, but that's where, where you sort of give it the extra details to really give it, to give you the flavor, the style, the formatting that you need it to come back to you with. But that, that's the key idea that around the mega the mega prompt framework. Any thoughts or, or questions around that one? You know, we did cover that. I loved how we covered it in detail previously. I guess one of the questions is if it's hard for me to think through the steps, can I ask chat GPT, what are some steps that you could use? Yes. Yes. And I actually have two frameworks. Yeah, I, uh, I have two prompts that I actually developed to make this easy for people. One is called prompt engin engineer GPT. And that would basically works with you where you get chat GPT to act as a prompt engineer for you so that 
It asks you questions, you answer them, and it gives you back a mega prompt, including all the steps to complete and all, and all that sort of thing. Similarly, uh, I've got another one that allows you to take an already successful prompt and then throw this prompt in, in at the end of it, and it'll have ChatGPT take what you've already done and turn it into a mega prompt so that you could repeat that process without all the back and forth that you probably had to do to get there in the first place. Uh, so yes, you can absolutely leverage ChatGPT to get you those answers. Everything that's in here, everything that I'm describing, you can always start foundationally with saying, hey, here's what I'm looking to do. Here's what I'm looking to achieve. Can you ask me any questions that you need to ask me in order to get me to this outcome, including steps, et cetera? So yeah, absolutely. You don't have to You don't have to provide all this up front. You can leverage AI to make the process easier in the first place as well. I love that. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, moving on to principle number two. So principle number two is what I call the Dory principle. And the Dory principle all centers around the idea that ChatGPT does have memory issues at points, right? It does, just like Dory, need to be refreshed, need to be reminded. And so it's it's worthwhile. This may be a principle that actually goes away at some point in terms of practicality. As of right now, there's a specific window in ChatGPT, depending on the model you're using, of about 4,000 tokens, up to 16,000 tokens within ChatGPT, although GPT-4 is capable of 32,000 tokens via the API, if I recall. And what that means, those tokens, it's not exactly this way, but it's worth, for basic understanding, thinking of that as the number of words that it can understand at one given time. So approximately 4,000 words of context at a given time. That's going to include both any messages that you've sent it, as well as what you're asking it to do, as well as what it's trying to write and complete and continue further for you. So if you've got a really long chain, it may not remember the context of what you started with, and it's only going to be operating off of whatever that whatever was is within that window of of how it's operating, that 4,000 words, that 16,000 words, depending on which model you're using. And this has impacts in terms of, is it, you know, keeping the context in mind of what you're working on, what you're looking for, that sort of thing. And it's worthwhile to be aware of that. A couple of ways that you can mitigate this and just work with this principle. Recently, ChatGPT or OpenAI introduced the ability to include context as well as instructions that you could set via custom instructions via the settings. When you leverage those, that context, you know, those custom instructions stay with you through every message so that you at least guarantee that some minimum some minimum level of continuation stays present no matter how long your message chain gets. So that's one way to do it. The other way to do it is that if you need to remind a chat GBT of something that you're doing or that you've worked on, you could always uh, get, get a summary, copy and paste information and say, hey, as a quick reminder, here's what we're working on. Now here's what I need you to do. And that, that could be another way to do it, depending on how practically you've thought about it on the front end. But, but it's worthwhile to remember, ChatGPT will forget things, right? It, there, there is a context that it will forget. And so it, you might need to remind it. You might need to leverage those various tools to keep that, uh, you know, keep that clear for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Have you used the context or the instructions at all? I have. I have. I find there's character limits on those. I think 1,500 characters for each of them. And so that's useful. I often have to leverage AI in order to shorten the kind of context that I'd want to include to fit into 1,500 characters. But I do find that they're useful. You could actually, you could take like a mega prompt framework and throw that in as your instructions and possibly include context about who you are, what you're looking for, who you're trying to reach, your target market, doing a shortened customer empathy map, those kinds of things into the context. Uh, and then that can make your results really clear, really quick. Uh, it really, 
I feel like there's a, this is one of those things where there's a little bit of an art to it and a little bit less of a science. I haven't fully decided where I have found those custom instructions to be most useful or where I found them to possibly get in the way. Because sometimes you want ChatGPT to like sort of modify with you sometimes, right? Sometimes you want it to sort of learn from what you've most recently been doing rather than keep going back to what you started with. And so there can be times where you actually don't want the custom instruction, but for the most part, to keep keep the process simple, if you can keep one idea at a time and flow through a thread in that way, then those custom instructions are going to help you a ton. Uh, I do find I would recommend if you have ideas for what you want to throw in the custom instructions, you probably want to take that, take your ideas, write them down, send them through ChatGPT first and ask it to shorten them and make them as concise as possible. Otherwise, you might struggle to get the detail that you'd need into those custom instructions for them to be adequately helpful, but just because of those character limits. But yes, yeah, so custom instructions can be helpful. I think they're part of an overall mix of your strategy uh, in, in dealing with the Dory principle for sure. So going into the next one, we've got what I call the interrupt principle. And I think this is one of those things, I don't know if other people do this. I know I do it a ton. There is a stop generating button in ChatGPT, where you could tell it, I want you to stop. And when you realize, oh, I forgot to include something, or I see it's going in a direction that I don't actually want it to go, I will very often, as soon as I see that it's going down a path that I don't want it to go, I will stop it. And I will go back and edit my message to include any extra clarity, include any clarifying things to ensure that it's coming back to me with the message that I want. And this is important for a couple of reasons. One, don't just sit there and wait for it to, <laughs> to do something when you see that it's clearly not doing what you want. That's a waste of your time. Get it to stop. Go back and clarify. More than anything, AI, these large language models are a mirror for your own clarity. So when you see them not giving you back what you want, that's your answer that you weren't clear enough. Go back, fix your clarity, give it the context, ask it the question in a slightly different way so that it's more accurate to what you're looking for. And that's going to be really powerful for you. Uh, did you have something that you wanted to wanted to say about that? No, just uh, the noise has uh, left around me, so I can unmute now. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, good call. So interrupt ChatGBT, press that stop generate button, and go back and fix your context. And then further, the other reason why that matters actually kind of goes back to our Dory principle. It's a lot better to have all of the context window of, of ChatGBT be what you want it to do, right? Rather than a mixture of what you don't want it to do, then you ask the question to clarify it. Like, like you just want it to have tons of examples of perfection. If you mix in imperfect or wrong stuff into it, it's going to start to confuse it as it tries to mix what it's giving you in the output. Right, because it's going to see those examples. It's not going to destroy what you're up to, but I've just found if I want it to be more most reliable, having it see very clearly this is exactly what I want, and continuing down a success path rather than trying to fo uh, rather than trying to bring it back to success after it's already you know been unsuccessful in the chat chain. So you fix it by going back and editing your message, getting it to give you back exactly what you're looking for, then continuing on rather than. Asking it, getting the wrong answer, then asking a new one to try and fix it. You instead go back and edit your your original to get to try and get closer to the right message. Now, you don't have to do that every single, you know, like every single of the time. <laughs> I said that very, very specifically uh, as a office reference there. But yeah, you, you don't have to do that all the time. But I do find that it can help. So that, that that's the idea. Any thoughts around the interrupt principle and, and leveraging that stop generating button as well as editing your original prompt? Yeah. A lot of times, like when I hit the stop button, I feel like a lot of times it'll say, you know, which one of these are the best answer 
or they'd ask for feedback. And a lot of times I feel like when I click stop, like both options are just way off. So I've got to kind of just go back to the drawing board a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's, there's actually two buttons. Uh, one of them is regenerate, which might be what you're talking about. That's when I typically see the two options come up. The stop generating uh, typically just it like, it's, it's more like you, like you put your finger up, right. And gotcha. it literally just like stops it in its tracks. It's like, all right, I'm done. And it like, and it just stops there. And so then that's where you could go back and edit the message. We might be talking about the same thing. They do play with the UI a bit. So it's possible that now, sometimes when you click stop generating, it tries to regenerate something different as well. Uh, but yeah, either either way, it goes back in that same point of, you know, when you're telling it to stop, when you're needing to go back and fix something, sometimes it's close, uh, but you, you know, whatever, whatever reason you're telling it to stop, whatever reason it's off, it's just better to fix that original message rather than trying to fix it through a follow-up question. So does that make sense? Yep, that makes sense. Perfect, perfect. All right, and then our, our final principle, and by the way, these aren't designed to be exhaustive. This is just sort of a grab bag collection of some of the things that I found to make me more successful leveraging these AI models. So there might be more. There might be more things that you want to, want to have in order to uh, be successful with this. But the last one that I have for you today is called the one thing at a time principle. And I actually touched on this briefly. It, basically, the idea is you don't want to have, uh, if you can avoid it, you don't want to mix use cases in one thread. You don't want to start by talking about you know, getting help with social media posts, then shift to getting advice on your taxes, then shift to like asking it the best way to do a foot massage, right? Like you you want to you want to use new threads for different topics in order to in order to have your threads build up the the most value as possible. Now, the place where you can potentially divert from this is if you're if if you are building a chain of thought that builds on itself, right? So if I'm if I'm building a landing page and I get it to write the copy for the landing page and then I want it to write emails about the same things that I put together for that landing page and I want it to get it to write social media posts to help you know promote the landing page as well. That kind of context can can make sense to do all in one thread sometimes, right? So it it, it can make sense right. to do that. It depends on if what you're looking for is for very similar language to be pulled in and very similar thoughts to be pulled in. Um, if you're looking for that, then it's a great way to kind of give it all that context in one go fairly naturally as you're building on a on an idea. But if you're switching topics, switch threads as well in general. Otherwise, you're just going to get weird, confusing mixtures of like ChatGPT is trying to decide, okay, so I need to answer therapist questions plus copywriting plus art tips. I am so confused right now. My responses are going to uh, be really weird. Um, anyway, right. that's that's what that's what tends to happen. So if you're, you know, if you're if you're working on multiple things, start a new thread. Typically, unless what you're you're doing logically builds on the ideas that you uh, that you started with foundationally. So that's the key idea there. Uh, that's the one thing at a time principle. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I've uh, sometimes I've like duplicated a thread or duplicated right. what I've got because I want to like. I want to go down these two parallel paths right? and instead of trying to jump, you know, do one and then jump to the other, I just have the two separate kind of take right. it where it was left off. And that seems, and I started doing that, I think, cause it just felt cleaner than trying right. to get it to jump back and forth. Yeah, that makes sense. And actually it'd be really cool if they added some way to do that in the UI where like, there's a, like, like, 
you know, uh, split a conversation or fork a conversation all from the same thread just so you could see it, you know, like the, this is the parent thread. Anyway, I'd like that. That'd be right. cool. But, uh, but yeah, that, that makes sense. And it's definitely the same basic idea, right? Where um, sometimes you want it to have like, so like as a, for instance, uh, what I was just describing of like building a landing page and then social media posts and emails. Well, you might find in the same, in the same way that like, it's better if you write the social media posts, the emails, the, you know, video template, the, all these other assets that you might do, you might find that that works best when the most recent context is the landing page for each of them. And so that's, that's where you might like do what you just described of you're starting maybe four different conversations, but all of them start with the landing page. So that that's the most recent context for how it's generating the other things. So yeah, stra- you know, strategically that, that definitely makes sense. And it, and, and it fits yeah. within the, for sure, within the frame of what I'm talking about with that one thing at a time. Really, these are definitely more principles and guidelines and less rules. Uh, they're the kinds of things that sometimes it can make sense to break them when you know why and how. The key reason why right. I, I leverage these as principles is because they really focus on understanding the technology itself and how it works, right? Understanding the memory window, understanding that uh, when, when ChatGBT is giving you an answer, Part of what determines what answer comes is the context that you're giving it. So understanding if you if that context helps you, then great. Keep it as part of your conversation. If that context hurts you getting the result that you want, that's when you need uh, to, to start a new thread or that's when you need to leverage the strategy separately. So, uh, yeah, but as a as a general general idea, that's the uh, that's the concept there. So those principles, again, are four main principles our power chat GBT principles. We got. Leverage mega prompts. That's that really fleshed out concept. Thank Chris Traeger from Parks and Recreation. I want a glass of water. I want it cold. I want it without ice in it. <laughs> I want it quickly. I want it in a glass or mug without handles. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's that's our mega prop framework. And then we got our uh, our Dory principle, just remembering that ChatGPT does have a limited mem- memory window. So you want to leverage that uh, both to your advantage uh, mitigate its its problems as they come. You want to make sure to interrupt ChatGPT. Don't just let it do its own thing and don't just continue down a bad chain of thought trying to fix it. It's often better to go back and fix it where it went wrong in the beginning. And then the one thing at a time strategy for how you leverage your 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 threads and messages and all of that. So those are the four principles that I got for you. Any uh any thoughts or or final final questions or considerations on that, Charlie? You know, listening to this, it made me think I was listening to uh, Naval Ravikant uh, the other day. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, he was talking about uh, knowledge workers and just the exponential leverage of it. And he said in a knowledge, you know, why, why is this important? He said, in when it comes to knowledge and the exponential nature of it, if you've got two people, one is right 80% of the time, right. the other is right 99% of the time in the exponential world we're in, this person is going to get paid tens of thousands of dollars more. Uh, It's going to be so much like the the compounding interest. So just viewing this as really a superpower to get right. And like even just a little bit better will compound on itself in these stages. Exactly. And and, and what's powerful about this, nothing that I just described – it, it doesn't really like aside from maybe the mega prompt framework, which again could be ma- mitigated by AI prompts that that you know that I've developed to make that easy. Aside from that one, most of these 
they, they aren't they don't increase the work, right? They don't make this harder. Right. It's more about being more intelligent with how you're using the tool and how you're leveraging it. So it's not about you have to do all these extra these extra steps. It's more about here here are the right ways to just subtly guide and zero in on an on an ideal outcome. And so it doesn't even take much extra work, uh, if at all. It's just more effective work. So the guidance there is really subtle. <laughs> it's super subtle. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Boom, roasted. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. That is our power chat GBT principles. Uh, thank you so much for for coming out to another episode of Real Estate Growth Hackers. I am Zach Hammer, founder of Real Estate Growth Hackers. Feel free to check out what we are up to at realestategrowthhackers.com. Everything that I talked about today, any offers, anything that you might want to check out, that's where you're going to be able to find it. Uh, I keep it, you having having this voice in my ear saying that I need to turn some of these prompts uh, into something that you guys could opt in for and uh, and get access to that that'll be coming soon uh, so definitely check out real estate growth hackers as a, as where you can get access to this information uh, if you want to dive in deeper uh, Charlie Madison my co-host definitely check out what he is up to at realtor waiting list or referrals while you sleep realtor waiting list if you are a lender uh, referrals while you sleep if you're a real estate professional and he can point to you to how you could be leveraging the strategy of being able to build a waiting list of realtors or get your friends, your family, the people that you know, like, and trust to reach out to you on autopilot. Uh, really powerful stuff and definitely worth checking out. And again, realtorwaitinglist.com, right? And referralswhileyousleep.com where you check that out. That's so right. there you go. Thanks again for coming on with me, Charlie. Wonderful as always. And uh, we'll see everybody on the next one. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Remember, done is better than perfect. To turn the marketing ideas and tactics you just learned into real growth for your real estate business, visit us at realestategrowthhackers.com. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with another real estate professional who could benefit from the information. Or maybe you'd like to subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. And you can leave a rating or review on iTunes with your biggest takeaway, helping this show to reach and help more people just like you. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.